message as short as your drive to work. TheSpeakingDeacon.com All right, Father, please get me out of your way that uh, the Word of God would be lifted up, that through the power of the Holy Spirit we would understand and obey you because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, there's a lot to cover. Actually, there's not as much, but I'm going to give you a nice juicy meal of Scripture, of awesome things to uh, be thankful for. So, of course, happy Thanksgiving. And we're going to talk about some stuff. Um, It's easy to overflow with Thanksgiving, especially when you know why God put you here on earth and that you're in sync with God's purpose. Uh, Thursday for us, up in Maine, Thanksgiving time, the whole family was there. Loud, happy crowd, big table, 20 plus people at one table and an overflow table. And um, one thing that I, I came to realize is how fleeting it is that another year's gone by. It feels like we were just there last year, and we were just there last year, but just last year isn't just. You know, it's, it's getting shorter and shorter, it seems. But people are growing up. Things are changing, right? Big changes happen. And it's like, there's a purpose to all this. There's a meaning in all this chaos. We're moving towards somewhere. And these bookmark days like holidays are opportunities to remind us of this, of of these deeper, meaningful, purposeful things. And of course, with Thanksgiving, we enjoy our family, you know, our friends, Food and football, right? And we enjoy comfortable things like a warm home, a working car, right? Maybe your favorite toy for grown-ups. That might be a gun, an ATV, a TV, right? Did you, did you, how many of you thumbed through the Black Friday flyers? These are the things we enjoy, right? Right? We're, you know, we're just, we're finishing our meal with friends and family. We're considering, you know, now Christmas is up. How many of you got your Christmas tree up already? Yes. Hands up in the back already. First tree up. You're the winner. Thanksgiving, what really gives it this meaning, is remembering the goodness of God. Right? God's woven into all of this. And actually, the first Thanksgiving meal with the pilgrims and whatnot, you know the pilgrims wore those funny hats? Because they were Puritans. And they worshipped God. So they had a worship fellowship meal together. Um, That was its point. So we're going to get into, first I want to give the gospel, because that's the great place for us to start as Christians, is the gospel. We're going to run through that very quickly. The gospel means good news. Um, When I was visiting up in Maine last week, I had the opportunity to visit a a childhood friend. Uh, Not only did he live on the street, but we went to school together. And uh, in my 20s, I started to live for Jesus. He did not. So to be able to catch up with him in our late 40s, and the man's got just destroyed life behind him. Bad things all over the place. And to visit with him for hours and just be able to share the gospel with him again, one more time, and to pray with him and to say, this is the highlight of my week, to be with a childhood friend and to talk about God for two and a half hours. We just worked it over, right? That's... That's it. That's what it's all about. And it doesn't, it seems like yesterday we were in school together, and now here we are, you know, in our 40s. He's got more gray than I do, which was great. But this is what we talked about. 
And I want to start with some things because this is the foundation of it all. This is why we do what we do. Mark 10.45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you ever broke, of course, I put those notes in there. Let's look at this verse for a second. I'm giving the gospel because today was our day to invite folks, right? So it's like, they're getting the gospel, but you know what? Even for us, this is a great place to start for Thanksgiving, is with the gospel. And remind ourselves and find new ways to meditate on the gospel. And for a Christian to meditate means you actually take the words of God and think about them. That's what biblical meditation is. We don't want you to empty your heads. We want you to fill your heads. Okay? So, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, if you've ever been here on youth group or sometimes, we have what's called the hot seat, and we practice the Ten Commandments. Have you ever lied? Right? Of course, we've all lied. Have you ever stolen? Right? And we go through those, and that is a mirror showing us how we are breaking God's laws, have broken God's laws, and will most likely break them again before the end of the week. The problem is, the wages of sin is death. Well, now we've got that big problem, right? So how does God reconcile to, to people even though he deserves, he's obligated to give us this death? But even in that verse, but the free gift, free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you ever broke these commandments, God is obligated by his nature to punish evil, your evil and you with it. Alright? A lot of people says God hates the sin and loves the sinner. Well, they go together. God doesn't punish your sin in hell. He punishes you in hell. Right? This is connected. So God has to come up with a way to justly forgive you. Right? He can't just say, it's okay, buddy. I know. You're, you know, you're just trying your best. That doesn't count. God demands and commands perfection. So if we fail once, our failure is against an eternal righteous being. So the punishment must always fit the crime. So God has to punish us eternally for that one mess up. If it was only one mess up, hell would be required as a payment. Do you see how we're infinitely in debt to an infinite God, yet we're a finite being? Okay? I want us to feel that, to know and where we put our reliance. Here's where Jesus comes in. For our sake, whose sake? For our sake, He, God, I added the parentheses so you know who's who in the zoo here. He, God, made Him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. So that in Him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. But didn't I just say we're sinners deserving eternal punishment? Here's how it works. God takes your sin, right? And how many of you heard the gospel before? Right. Can you share the gospel? If I was to say, all right, you come up and do it. Could you do it? Could you do it comfortably? Could you do it in three or four different ways? 
Right? That's why we keep repeating. Because we all need to know how to share this. For our sake, He made Him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus did not sin. He didn't even have a sinful desire in Him. Alright? So when the devil tempted Jesus, Jesus is like, yeah, I'm not resonating with you there, devil. Sorry. Eh. Right? It just wasn't happening. So that in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. There's a way through Jesus that God can say to you, you are righteous in my eyes. But how? How can I be declared righteous in God's eyes? Right? Amen. Amen. You go, girl. 1 John 4.10 In this is love. This is what real love looks like. Not TV love, not Facebook love, but real love. Not that we have loved God, because we don't, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Every Christian should know what this means. This means like satisfaction, uh, um, satisfying God's wrath. So... God pours out His wrath on Jesus instead of you and me. And that's what propitiation means. We should know what this word means. So if I was to ask you, why should God let you into His heaven? You could say, because Jesus paid my fine. He satisfied the righteousness of God so that God can declare me legally not guilty. Not guilty! Even though I'm very guilty before God, because of Jesus, I'm not guilty. That's a Thanksgiving day. Now I can go and hang out with family and eat turkey. I'm not guilty. Right? That should be in your heart to some degree, a resonating, that hope that goes beyond all things. You must trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ as your only reason why God would let you into heaven. Because if you say, well, I'm trying my best. If you say, well, I did the hokey pokey. That won't do it. It can only be, uh, my sin stinks. Jesus took my sin. God killed him because of me. And the only reason, my only hope, is that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was done on my behalf. All the works is Jesus's. I bring nothing to the table. Nothing. I am bankrupt. And God takes it, kills it, gives me the righteousness of Christ, and declares me not guilty. That's how I'm getting to heaven. Is that how you're getting to heaven? I hope you're going, Yeah! Yeah! Right? Jesus paid your evil debt to God. Jesus was punished for your rebellion. Jesus was killed for your hatred of God. There's a lot of people that don't trust the Bible, come up with excuses. We are having a great conversation about being discerning about the preachers you listen to on TV and radio. And one woman preacher said that uh, something to the idea that, you know, if the, you have to trust your heart and what God's telling you over the Scriptures. Is that a right statement? No. It doesn't matter what your heart says. What does the Bible say and we conform to it? That's why the Bible's up here and not my opinion. 
So what do we do to this? In Acts chapter 2, 37 and 38, when Peter is given the first gospel messages to Jewish people, they had an immediacy to living for Jesus. Not this, I'll think about it and get back to you. In uh, Acts, when uh, they heard Peter's sermon, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. At this time, there was an immediacy. Like for us, when people are coming to Christ, they may get baptized six months, a year, two years later. These people were ready to follow their Messiah now. They repented, meaning, yeah, this is how my life is going. It's a big mess of poo. I'm going to live for Jesus instead, the Messiah. And they repented immediately. They were baptized over 3,000. That was a busy day for Peter and the apostles, right? And I'm going to tell you right now, for them to even want to repent, the Holy Spirit was already doing this thing. Because only someone who's listening to the Holy Spirit, only if the Holy Spirit's working on you, you hear this, you want this. You want the things of God. Let's keep going. The greatest reason to give thanks to God and how to express it. We'll spend the rest of our short time together in Colossians chapter 3. And I like to start with verse 1 because it says, If then... Well... There's a, why is if then? He's making a point. If then you have been raised with Christ, that's why I gave the gospel first, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. There's baptism right there. Buried with Jesus in His death, raised to new life with Christ. That's what baptism stands for. You, your old life is dead. It's dead. The old fancy word used to be called mortifying the flesh. How many of you use that this week during Thanksgiving? I'm gonna no. I'm mortifying the flesh this week. No more turkey for me, right? <laughs> No, it doesn't work. Mortifying means our sinful nature. We begin to recognize it and say, Psh, out of here, sinful nature. I'm not doing that. I'm going to live for God. Okay? And that's what this means. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Isn't that great? When there's troubles and hardships, you can just snuggle up and hide in Christ in God and just say, ah, He's got me. Yay! Right? You can let go. Colossians 3, 4, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Yes. A time is coming. This is the return of Christ. Whether we die and meet Him or He comes here, we're going to see Him as He is, and He is our life. Then we will appear with Him in glory. Can you think about that? We're going to be able to be in glory. What does that mean? Does that just mean some fanfare and, yeah, parade? It's way bigger than that. Think of the most awesome moment you've ever experienced in your life 
it's bigger than that. Think of the time where you felt the best about some a situation. It's bigger than that. It is what you were made for. Colossians 3, 5. There, is, there could be a therefore there. Put to death therefore. Oh, there it is. Put to death therefore what is earthly in you. This is the mortifying the flesh, the sexual immorality, the impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of of these, the wrath of God is coming. The other week, real quick, I was was listening to some of my polemic preachers, and uh, they were talking about there's a church in California called Bethel something. Anyway, and that's a huge church. Huge! And they like to have things like glory clouds, and feathers fall from the sanctuary onto people. Where are the feathers? They say it's angels' wings. So imagine all of a sudden out of the van, it's poof, and feathers. And they're like, God's blessing us! Right? As feathers fall on them. Or gold dust. is poof! And then gold dust, look at that. See, I'd be collecting it trying to turn, get that into cash. Yeah. Right? They're just going, oh, look! God's blessing us! And they lack any real thinking. And what they are is their, their passions, their evil desires, their covetousness. This is all part of those false prophets. In the, in the spring, I'm going to do a false prophet series just to let you see. But that's what all this is coming from. Not true worship of a God who saved us. And because of this, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. God does not like that, clearly. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now. Don't you love that? This is a great story. Verses uh, 7 and 8. In these, you too once walked, but now. Only Christians get a but now. The lost don't. They just go, but, 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 but. But Christians, but now, I'm going a different way. That's repentance. But now, you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self and its practices. Christians are now wrestling. Right? You get up in the morning. It's not like the angel and the devil on your shoulder going blah, blah, blah. It's more internal, right? There's a part of you that's going, I'm going to be stupid today. But then there's a part of you going, no, I'm going to live for Jesus today and the two shall not meet. And have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. The key here is knowledge. I was debating with my friend there that when we were meeting about faith and that idea came up, well, you just got to believe. No, you don't just got to believe because you need to know what to believe in. That's called knowledge and that's real faith. Faith means God tells you something and you go, got it. That's faith. And it comes by studying your Bibles, by pursuing good teaching and preaching and knowing what the Bible says. Colossians 3.11 
Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. There's your true diversity and unity, right? Isn't that the big thing about today? It's, oh, diversity, blah, 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 blah. Right. It, real unity can only be found in Christ. And it's irrelevant, of obviously, where people come from. It's all about where you're going. Colossians 3.12 Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. I just want to highlight this one. Especially, this, men, this is, we might struggle with this one. Meekness does not mean weakness. Meekness means you know, holding back your strength from squashing somebody, but, that, but you can move in in meekness and still confront in power. Do you understand? You can still say, listen, that's, that's a nice thought you have, but that's incredibly wrong. And I just got to tell you, if you think or do that way, you're against God. That's meekness, where it's like, it's not me, it's what the Scripture says. It's unfortunate you don't like it. You don't like the words of God. That's a problem. That's meekness. Meekness means confront. But you don't have to be like, uh, what was that crazy talk show where everyone beat on each other? Uh, Springer. Springer, yes! Right? That's not meekness. That's every other bad thing on the thing. But meekness ain't in that. Okay? Well done. Thank you for catching me up on that. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. In the church, it should be nigh impossible to ever hold a grudge in the church fellowship, because just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. You also must forgive. That is not a suggestion. That's a command, right? And that keeps, that keeps the engine running pretty smoothly. There's a lot to say on that. So this want to highlight thing. We're almost done. The next three verses, and all three of them, it says be thankful. Here it says three times. All right, let's look at these real quick. Yeah, oh man, look at all the time I have. I'm just going to keep preaching. Here we go. Colossians 3, 14 and 15. Above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Now, this is Paul writing a letter to the Colossians, Christians who are Jewish and non-Jewish, exhorting them, telling them what to do. Which means for us, these are commands. These are not suggestions. Let Christ rule in your heart. The peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So before you go explosion on somebody, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Because as Christians, we can fight that. Why do we fight it? Because we're dumb. But we want to fight that, unfortunately, sometimes. But we need to let Christ rule in our hearts, in which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
If you and God have a disagreement, guess who's probably wrong? Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, there it is again, thankfulness in your hearts to God. And let's go back to the top here. This is crucial, back to that knowledge. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Means that somehow, men and women, you've got to be able to find a discipline of digging into this book, getting to those verses, wrapping your brain about it, processing it. What did God mean when He said that? Okay, There should be a passion in you to know what the Bible says. And hopefully an increasing trust that the Bible is the final authority in your life. Okay? That's how you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another. Hey, look at this one. Pay attention, everybody. God's commanding everyone here to teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. Do you feel prepped for that? You ready to obey that command? You're all like, oh man, yeah! You better be, or you better be getting ready to, because that's command for all of us. Giving wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Right? That almost sounds like a kumbaya moment, doesn't it? But it goes way deeper than that. Right? This is real talk, real heartfelt connection. And of course, with thankfulness in your hearts towards God. So that's number two. And here's the third one. Whatever you do, that's the last verse. Of, uh, well, it's not the last verse, but that's where we're going to end, Colossians 3.17. For whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. People can abuse this verse if it wasn't in its context. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, so I can be a dummy in the name of the Lord Jesus? No, that's not what it means. So when we look back at the other verses, it already talked about putting off the old self, putting on the new self, loving Christ, obeying Christ, having the Word of God dwell in you richly, have the knowledge of God, so that when you do your day job... we, we had the opportunity to be part of a small group that my, my brother, praise the Lord, is leading in his house. And part of it, they talked about purpose. And your day job, we call that a vocation. Vocal, God calls you to work where you're at as a Christian, right? And that's what that means. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So this should be your engine, right? We get up in the morning, we drink our coffee, and it fires us up a bit. All right, I'm getting started for the day, right? Spiritually, this should be your coffee, your spiritual coffee. Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Okay, today I'm going to do A, B, C, D, and I'm going to do it for Jesus, and I'm going to do it my best, and I'm going to pay attention, and I'm going to be aware of God, I'm going to pray to Him through these situations, I'm going to know what the Scripture says, I'm going to read my Bible a bit before my day begins. Right? Jesus is the engine. That's it. And the motivator. So thus, whatever you do.
So I'm having a spontaneous moment here. Is um, can, What are some things that you can be thankful for? Well, let's close in prayer and we'll worship our Lord one more time in thankfulness and then go eat some food together. Sound good? There's some food for thought. Please visit thespeakindeacon.com and get connected to the growing number of social media Christians. Thespeakindeacon.com. Truth is here.